Hello, and welcome to Kraken Krakoa number 125. I'm your host, Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. We are talking today X-Men Ten of Swords post-game event. This is a live YouTube coverage for those who you're listening on the pod or listening later. We are doing this live, so everything we say is off the top of our brilliant minds, and uh, and it could be flawed. It could be amazing. We will see, but I am joined by the amazing uh, co-host today, Ernie from Blurred Without Fear is joining me. Ernie, how's it going? Where can people find you, and how are you doing? Oh, I'm well. Uh, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I'm awake somehow, mm-hmm. and because uh, I'm a night owl by trade. But um, uh, you can find me at YouTube.com uh, forward slash Blurred Without Fear. Pretty much almost everywhere on the internet. I thought you were just going to do uh, YouTube.com, which would have been such a power move. I would have loved that. You can find me on YouTube. <laughs> Where else? That's it. That's the one. <laughs> and we are also but yeah, today. everything is great. Yeah, great. We are also joined today by Verno from the Cerebros podcast. Does a great job breaking down uh, X Men comics, as as everyone here hopefully does. Verno, you are also up and ready to go for this, which I appreciate greatly that both of you got up just for my early uh, early morning live stream. Verno, how are you doing today? Yeah. Real good. Yeah, a couple of night owls, big time. I'm doing great, man. Really appreciate you having me on, Dave. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, I'm glad to have you guys. Uh, So let's dig in. So we're going to talk. Tennis Swords wrapped up this past Wednesday. The event concluded um, with three issues that I found extremely enjoyable and satisfying. I was very, very satisfied with the conclusion of what I would call a... As it progressed, a somewhat muddled event, I think like my overall assessment, and that's the kind of the first question I want to kick things off with, is... Did Ten of Swords live up to the hype? Okay. There was a ton of hype leading into this event. And, like, it's, I don't know that it fully delivered. You know, I think it delivered in some Mm. ways. I don't know that it fully delivered. And you also have to consider, too, like, this is the first post House and Powers X Men event. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a big deal. Okay, we haven't had one. It's been like a year of Dawn of X comics. This had a lot to deliver on. It's kind of the first, it's not only the first event, but it's the first story to like fully say, hey, we're going to dig in and deliver one of those House and Powers mysteries. In this case, the splitting of Okara and Arako and Krakoa, one of these Hickman seeds that was planted. So, uh, mm-hmm. Bruno, let's start with you. What, what was your overall take on the event and did it live up to the hype that was generated heading in? Uh did it live up to the hype for me i would say no like i was expecting more <clears throat> i don't hate it I, I enjoy i think it's i have a pretty similar opinion that i think most people have mm-hmm. we loved the beginning for me like the the sword quest aspect of it honestly it wasn't i don't think i even liked that as much as a lot of people did i dug it and i thought it was cool but it wasn't it didn't blow me away and then uh overall i think it it, we all know what it did in the middle. It weirded us all out. It, uh, it it changed the tone, and I think it just caught a lot of us by surprise, which I might feel differently about when I get the big hardcover in February or whenever it comes out, and I read it that way, knowing what I'm getting. I think I might love it, but uh, did it live up to the hype? No. Did I hate it? No. But uh, I think it was just... It was solid and super, super unique. I think I haven't read all of the the X-Men crossover events yet. I'm getting there. But from what I've read, it really stands out as being a, you know, they they took some risks with it, which I definitely applaud them for, you know. Yes, it was a risk-taking event. Ernie, uh, where Mm -hmm. do you fall on? I, I think maybe the hype question is like, 
that one's like I, I'm setting it up. It's a leading question because like no, this didn't live up to House and Powers, right? Who are we kidding, right? Like we no. we know it wasn't no. Going to. It, no, like like I, I can say like for me personally, it lived up to my almost to my expectations. Yeah. But like in regards to like the overall like like the hype machine for like everyone, every X fan, every X reader, you know, whatever. I, I can easily see where it, it fell short. Sure. I can easily see where it fell short of the mark. Like, like I enjoyed it. I know one of the things, kind of the running gags, uh, uh, you know, for, for my circle is that, oh, this is going to be a, the, this is the, like, if you're familiar with like anime or manga, it's like, oh, this is the Shonen tournament arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for X-Men. And that's what a lot of people went into it thinking. And even I did too, to a degree. And then, you know, by nature of what they're dealing with, where they are, when you get that turn, that sharp left turn when things start like, wait, this isn't really about swords at all. Mm. And then next thing, next, next thing you know, it's, it's, it becomes a situation where it's like, oh, well, like for me, it was really easy for me to fall back on. Well, they are in Otherworld, and this is kind of a contrived tournament that's just to achieve whatever Saturnine wants. Mm. And I was kind of like, well, of course it's not about the swords. And, and then it kind of became more about it was one of those days where it's like, you know, it was sometimes it's fights to the death. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Sometimes it's a foot race. Who knows? Sometimes it's puzzles. <laughs> but I, did, I never it's goofy, thought. goofy, you know, like <laughs> yeah. fashion shows. Yeah. You know, I, I think the tonal yeah, shift like was definitely the... drinking the, contest. Yeah, the, the tonal <laughs> shift was definitely the make or break moment for a lot of readers, right? Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because, like... Mm -hmm. That means, like, for the first 13-ish chapters are all generally, like, they're about setting up the Amenth and about setting up this other world, literally other world. And then it's about um, finding the swords. And then when we get to the challenges, it starts off being like, oh, yeah, it's the sword fights we expected. And then the tone just, like, the bottom falls out. And it's like, oh, like, yeah. there's a bunch of goofy games. And then it starts to feel like, actually, those classic Claremont Alan Davis uh, Excalibur issues, which Excalibur's a goofball mm -hmm. book. Like, it's a comedy book. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but that's not... That's that framing like wasn't where the event was up until that point, yeah. right? So it's like chapters, whatever it is, yeah. fourteen through eighteen. So many people were like, "What?" And I it's like, "What's going on?" Exactly. <laughs> and I applaud that ambition, but I definitely get where people were like, "Yeah, like it just lost me." The funniest thing to me is mm -hmm. this was a twenty-two chapter event, and before mm -hmm. the pandemic sort of sent the comics world and the world at large into this this weird mm -hmm. state of affairs, it was gonna be I think fifteen chapters. I think if this was mm -hmm. 15 chapters, it's like perfect. Like 15 chapters mm -hmm. could have been great. Yeah. And they It did run a little long. It ran a little long. That was that was my main thing. And yeah. I get if you dug it the whole ride, like awesome. Like that's fun. I appreciate that they took these kind of risks with it, but I do think the core story, if you look at what they did in creation, stasis, and destruction, is really mm. good. Like it's a really yeah. good big world building stuff. Again, like look at what they delivered. You know, apocalypse backstory and characterization. Fantastic work mm -hmm. on Apocalypse, right? And this is an Apocalypse story. Mm -hmm. You know, I think more than anything, like, it this is, is yeah. the Apocalypse event, which is cool. Um, they totally reinvented Otherworld in a way that makes me care about mm -hmm. that realm more than I ever have. Like, by by far, mm -hmm. by far, by far, the fact Big that, time. yeah. So we got all these different things there, and it does usher in the next wave of Hickman X-Men. So my question for you guys is, on those terms, if you kind of, like, forget that weird tonal shift... Is this event actually, do you think, better than a lot of people are giving it credit for? Um, or does that that switch into, like, farce 
throw it, you know, into in just a weird place for you. I don't know. What do you guys think? Verna, why don't you start? Um, first of all, I want to jump to what you said before. I think the, the fact that it's following House of X, Powers of X is a huge deal. And that's kind of we didn't have that House of X 2 issue. You know what I mean? That like, oh my god! The closest thing for me that that, that affected me like that was uh, X Factor Four. Yeah, that was the one where yeah. I was literally talking to myself during the comic, and oh my fucking god, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Like, you know th- that. But where the hell were we? <laughs> well, it was like, so no, that I think that actually taps into kind of what I'm getting at, which is, mm-hmm. does this deliver oh. moments that are. Mm-hmm. That do hit on that level, right? So X Factor Four being yeah. like, okay, resurrection is altered. That's huge, right? Um, mm-hmm. The apocalypse backstory, I guess. Ernie, I'll throw it to you. Like, does the apocalypse stuff does that deliver enough on the big uh, revelations front for this to stand up as an X Men event that with with these kind of high expectations? I mean, for me, it did. I mean. I, I, this isn't even really a confession. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. This played out like a game of D and D to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like this, like yeah, and, and and but if you if you took out like maybe a principal character and replaced them with like Apocalypse with your possibly villain, possibly not villain Saturnine, you know, kind of over there, kind of like uh acting like kind of emceeing the whole thing and then just taking some characters and kind of moving pieces here and around and it, i don't know i feel like ten of ten of swords did a lot of building yeah yeah like a lot of ten of swords and i don't even mean building for like ten of swords but building for a uh, future story arc sound like you were saying how like maybe it should have been shorter like i can actually pick out specific issues yeah that could have been removed and would not have affected the course of the story whatsoever you could have removed uh i mean technically i guess it, with the benefit of hindsight now maybe not so much cable number five but if you did i don't think anyone would care mm-hmm. uh, that, that could have been out the couldn't two, that have been a sequence in creation for example that could have been a sequence in creation uh, Hellions, which I love. Hellions. I love it. I, 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 I freaking love Hellions, yeah. <laughs> but it ain't got anything to do <laughs> with anything. Yeah, I would have, I would have actually <laughs> added more Hellions. This is something I've yeah. think. You guys reading uh, Death Metal? Yeah. I have had difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have. Effect. I have complaints. <laughs> I have critiques. I have notes as well. But uh. <laughs> uh, for me, the the Doom Metal section of Death Metal. Mm-hmm where it's kind of like the quest section yeah, of death yeah. metal that's what hellions was and they gave doom metal like five issues i'm not saying hellions could have had that but hellions could have easily for me they could have done another two issues with mm. that i mean it worked out well how it was but i yeah. think a lot of people loved hellions and, and zeb wells just did it did an awesome job with the tone that should have been the funny section of ten of swords you know what and I mean? that like, kind of should have went for our wackiness but it, yeah. but instead but, uh, of the farcical games i think is what because i that idea i do like like two more issues of the hellions like just messing up in Araco or in amenth i guess specifically mm-hmm. would have been like it would have been very fun and that's a testament to how good that book yeah. has been because i think other they, they would have fleshed wasn't it out so, right it could have fleshed things out if that book wasn't so good People would have been furious and been like, this has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the event. You know what I mean? Good point. But it is. It's fantastic. Well, and I, I think it also is important to remember that, like, there are consequences in that book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you, know, you have an entire team that's 
for the most, well, not an entire team, but you have like at least half the team gets massacred or presumably. Yeah. The other half uh, displaced. And yeah, the yeah, 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 was it Orphan Maker, Nanny yeah. and Wildchild, they're left behind. And, Which I uh, wish they would have died in another world if I could jump in. Can we? Yeah, those that, three, yeah. kill those three. Give give me new versions of those three characters. Yeah. I think we all would have been more excited than just a standard resurrection of Nandi mm-hmm. or Orphan Maker and Wildchild. So are we assuming you know, no, that no, if yeah. you die in Amenth, you can be resurrected? Well, that's, that's a good the thing question. I was curious about. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that's it's not other world, but like. Technically, no. Isn't it technically now because like because remember like all the wording Saturnine used about how oh we you Dryador know, you know the you know and, and a myth like technically by proxy of Dryador you know, Amen taking over that they're part of other I don't think they'll count it but if they did I wouldn't be upset yeah yeah they, they, I wanted to to piggyback on what you were saying uh, Ernie about like most of the things the the farcical Dave which is a good word never even knew what that word I had to look it up <laughs> but uh <laughs> no the uh the stuff the, the 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 wacky stuff that a lot of people didn't like they did make it pay off later on like Doug yeah. marrying Bay yeah. it did impact the the stuff later on the Vascora from Cable the uh even even Jubilee showing up, yeah. which that seemed when I read that in the first place, I was like, "Is Teeny Howard just sitting there thinking like, oh shit, Jubilee and Shogo are over in yeah. Otherworld? I got I got to get him in this event." Like it seemed a little forced in the first time, moment, but then though. they did bring it back and it made it make sense. Yeah. Mm. But just think about if you didn't read Excalibur, I was I was thinking of it right. like that. If you didn't read Excalibur. Which I know uh, they they put it out there that you should be reading Excalibur oh, yeah. if you're going to be reading Ten of Swords. So I, I get that, but you didn't know who the the priestesses of the green were. You don't know mm-hmm. who the fuck this dragon is. You don't know that that Shogo. You don't know a lot of things if you weren't following <laughs> Excalibur. And, and while, while I'm kind of going on that, what what was with Rogue slash Apocalypse? How was that not a part of this event? Yeah, Rogue like, and that, that happened totally a long ass time this. ago now. I thought like they show up at the very end. They show up in the X Men moment, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, I just, I I mean, I think the Rogan Apocalypse, the trick with Excalibur, which is a book I I definitely have mixed feelings on, and I know it's probably the most controversial book in the X line right now in terms of like there are people who absolutely love it, there are people who hate it, you know, and I and I hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm in the middle. T- typically, me too. Right? Like it's it. Sometimes it hits for me. Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. I thought this last chapter. I will say, like to the credit of this event, the last chapter oh, yeah. of Excalibur is great. I, I thought it fit in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the build up, everything that Apocalypse does is all machinations to get to this point. You know, so that like the like using Rogue specifically, I feel like isn't that relevant. You know what I mean? Like for Rogue's character, I think it's all relevant for Apocalypse. I think Rogue kind of just gets used as a piece. At least that's something I've been struggling with because Rogue's a great well, character. I would like I would like for it to matter more for her. You know? Well, yeah. That that my thing was okay. I mean, when she held on to Carol Danvers four thousand years ago, yeah. she kept those powers forever. She is Marvel Girl or, or Captain Marvel Rogue, whatever. Yeah. When she held on to Apocalypse, they made a thing out of that. She was blue for an issue and a half, and then they never touched it again. It was it was just weird, and it was something I assumed would have showed up. The problem with Excalibur is the single issues. The story that it tells throughout is the part that I like. Mm-hmm. The way it like it builds up two Ten of Swords, but there's a lot of issues in the actual writing and the character development that, uh, like, issue by issue, it doesn't hit. 
for a lot of people and then kind of for me. And I, w- I will say as a little yeah. defense here of writer Teeny Howard, because I, I, she gets mm. a lot of flack, right, for this book. And I think um, when you read her other Marvel stuff, it's quite good. Like she wrote a Thanos miniseries yeah. that I really like and I did not expect to. I've been meaning like I did not expect yeah. to enjoy it. I've liked her other work. Yeah. I've liked her Strike other Force work. Strike Forces solid. I've read like nothing. So I mean, I'm not trying to dog on T.D. Howard. No, no, just, no. Well, I, I raised that point I, to say like Excalibur yeah. is a different kind of story for her. She's doing something she hasn't done before. Yeah. And I, because I, I agree with you, Verno. I don't okay. think she's nailing it as successfully. I think she's, she's kind of yeah. on the fly learning to seed something this long and like trying to to go from that Hickman school of a billion seeds over the course of a long run, um, but also to make each issue matter. It's a really hard thing to do, right? Like most comics creators cannot do that super successfully. Um, so I think that is where this tug and pull of, of issue nailing it kind of comes in, right? Um, and-, and there's just a lot of fanboy upset. Or I'm, I'm one of them too. You see Rogue and Gambit, on Excalibur issue number one, you're like, oh, sweet. I, you know, you, you didn't get enough of that, especially Gambit yeah. for me. And I, I've seen a lot of complaints about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, hear that. I, I will say for me, I, you know what I see when I when I read Teeny, and I actually said this in a video once, uh, when I see Teeny Howard's Excalibur, what it reminds me of is a first time DM. Hmm. And not to say she's you know, clearly not a first time writer, but like someone who's like, like the dungeon master of a D campaign this is their first time ever doing it and they're trying to do all these really cool things but some of it sticks some of it doesn't and then over time as the game goes on i feel like things will improve yeah and that's kind of yeah. how i'm feeling about uh and i can empathize with that because i've been a first time dm and it sucks uh <laughs> but but you, you have to start, right? Is, you have to start and to get yeah. to that point. And and the cool thing about Excalibur, right. she's gonna get she's gonna get that rope, right? Like this run, yeah, yeah. For a while, it might it might be one of those runs where people are like, yeah, start with issue twenty two. That's when it gets hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would even say it kind of skip around. Yeah. Skip around a little bit because because there are good things there. Like when they were dealing with uh, what was it the uh, oh god I can't I'm blanking on the name but the cult. Uh, oh. that was uh that, that Morgan LeFay was like you uh, oh, yeah, using yeah. or whatever. I was like, dude, okay. Coven Acaba, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Coven Acaba. Yeah, when they were like, hey, you know, we were trying to stamp out all mutants. Like, oh wow, this is like a whole new style of <laughs> uh, of uh, anti mutant uh, uh, enemy. Okay, let's go with that. Can we? lean in with the yeah, elbow yeah. on that one and it's like <laughs> and, then, and then and then they went to uh what was it uh elsa blood was it elsa bloodstone's brother Colin. for like a new york minute yeah and it was just like okay well this is okay this is this is cute and, and that's kind I of do. exactly <laughs> not, not to spend too much time on excalibur but like yeah. that, that's kind of what it is like the, the you might not have liked those uh the bloodstone two issues with the war wolves mm-hmm. but it did lead into the next issues where they use those war wolves to go to the starlight citadel it was that's the things i really liked about the excalibur mm-hmm. run is where you could actually follow a story unlike what we've gotten with uh, hickman's x-men for example where it's a series of not one shots but you you know what yeah. i mean where they're, close they're enough. They, the it's close story enough to one show, which I think is going to change from from here on out. I I think I'm just I'm wishing it on myself, but I feel like they're setting up a different X Men team. Dave, I know I've, I've watched your video where uh, you think they're basically they've reformed the X Men now. The X Men have been dead, as we found out. Yeah, uh, the the name at least the X Men has been. Uh, 
axed by the Quiet Council. Right. No, that was, that right. was definitely the vibe I got from the Cyclops story arc, which comes in, you know, late into this event, right? Like, so we, I, I'd been yeah. precogging. Cyclops was a non-factor almost. No, right. He was, he was. But I, I'd been saying like, okay, I think he's going to come. He's going to have to come and save Cable. And then it was that tease with Cable where it was like, unless they're setting up cosmic stuff for S.W.O.R.D. in a tie-in issue of this event, this has to come back by the end of this, you know? Which would have really yeah. frustrated yeah. me. I'm glad it did come back. They crash in with S.W.O.R.D. to other worlds. It was amazing. That was great. Um, but yeah, I do think Cyclops <clears throat> is going to... And So we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this, I think, by the end, but we're going to talk Reign of X. And there's this amazing, <laughs> here comes the Reign of X. It's going to be a new era of the X-Men for um, for this, you know, for the next year, I would imagine, or so. And one of the images is Cyclops and Jean. I think that is... A, a prelude to like, yeah, they're going to kind of rebrand and reform what it means to have an X-Men team on Krakoa because it, apparently, as we got in this data page, there was like very specific semantic, you know, notes out there saying, do not call yourselves X-Men, which felt like I felt like that was for for like comics tubers and podcasters being like, call them mutants. Don't call them X-Men. You're using the two terms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that I, I heard you say you do. We all do. Yeah. it. We just call any random mutant yeah. an X-Men as long as he's behaving he's, himself at the time. Right. Well, because it's it's easier to say X-Men. Oh, oh, yeah. There, there is this X-Men character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is X-Men? Whatever. Because it's easier it to say. good, too. Yeah, well, because well, <laughs> and, and you know, everybody coming together on the island was like, oh, everybody's an X Man now. Like, okay, cool. But then you realize, like, no, it's not X Force is the only thing that is actually in existence. Now, did you guys get the vibe that that was what Charles and maybe Charles and Magneto they wanted Cyclops to kind of form the X Men on his own? Because when he said basically yeah. when when he was giving that speech in the Quiet Council, he made it clear that he was going to create the X Men, and they were like, mm-hmm. "That's a good boy." And uh, yeah, I think they, they were wanted them to do that the the time. I mean, or at least did you guys read it like that? I did. I, I at least maybe they didn't necessarily want him to defy, but like they were proud that he took a stand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely they were probably. Like, it is interesting to consider, like, did they not manipulate him into that, but did they set him up to do that? I, I don't know. Like, I, they're definitely proud of him in that moment of of taking the <laughs> reins. Um, I could see a later revelation with Magneto, Cyclops, and Moira being like, okay, yeah, and here's the chessboard, and we're going to push Cyclops, and he's going to reform the X Men, and that fits into our plan. That, but right now we just we don't have. It, one thing is I found interesting about this event that ties into this is Professor X looks like a dum-dum for the whole thing, right? He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know what Apocalypse is yeah. planning. He doesn't know what's going on in Araco or Amenth. Like, dude is clueless. And he steps on Krakoa's toes. You know, he gets he gets everything mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. So, to me, it's interesting. And this is the piece where we get to the Moira factor, which is kind of ties into like, okay, we... Our, our, our Ten of Swords uh, pregame party, we were like, hey, is Mara going to show up, right? It's been a year plus. Is this event going to make her relevant again? Technically, she shows up, but not in a meaningful way. Like two seconds. Two seconds. Not in a meaningful way, right? It's, <laughs> it's pretty much what we predicted. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not, yeah, it's not her story yet, which kind of has me convinced, like, yeah, we might not see her until, like, the end game. Like, like the year mm-hmm. four, year five. End. Like the end of X. Yeah. So. Yeah. End of X, which, come on. Like, I'd be so into that. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> we don't know their plan. Well, 
X, I predict. Fall of X. Fall of X? I, yeah. I we already had a fall of mutants. Yeah. It could be Fall of X. That'd be good. Yeah. I'm a sucker for this marketing because, so I don't know, I mean, yeah. I'll get to the point where it's like, you, you get to be like, ah, oh, the Dawn of X starts to lose a little bit. You know, it doesn't have that shine that it had on at the beginning. Reign of X? Oh, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it just re, uh, it got my got me re-excited for it's sure. It's the right time for it, too. Oh, yeah. You know, to say, okay, we're getting, mm-hmm. here's what, and if they keep this structure up, I'm going to love it, where we do a year to live in this moment of what this is like, you know, Dawn of X. Okay, we got a year of that. Mm. Reign of X, let's get a year of that. Then another event where we answer one of the House yep. and Powers mysteries. Then boom, we're on to, yeah, the next thing, which I don't think will be the fall yeah. of X yet. I think we hopefully have a yeah. few more years to come. I, I hope it doesn't get there that fast. Right. No, no, right. sure. Give us a few years. Okay, so before... Give us, like, Conquest of X or something. I don't yeah. know. Or, you know, Day Job of X. Well, well my... <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, my pick is uh, the uh, the X Galaxy, you know, with that big capitalized X in yeah. Galaxy, right? Whatever that's going to be called. I, I love it, that's yeah. I, I listened to your, uh, your prediction on that, so I assume it's happening. <laughs> I assume it's definitely already in the works, and Pepe Larraz is working on the art. Dude, Pepe well, yeah. was a beast. No, that, Pepe that, that, on, a, this, on this that, event was off the charts too. good. I, I loved his last issue especially. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. He's a, he's, he, I wonder, I think he must, uh, just from looking at his style, it must take him a long time to to draw, to do a book, or else they'd be using him more. Because I, I don't, I, I, I've looked. I don't think he's doing other stuff, or unless I'm missing it. He's not it, doing interiors on, on virtually no. anything. Um, definitely not. A man that talented. To be in like four issues or five issues this year, whatever it was, it wasn't many. It's like I want more popular. I would love if the next like Hickman done X Men event is is closer to what we got. Obviously with uh, Powers and House, where there's less cooks in the kitchen, more popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that would. Cause I would he, be he, all in. It's un it's unreal the impact that he could have on a book. If we had someone else drawn Destruction. I don't. It just wouldn't have impacted me nearly as much. No. It's so dramatic. No. no, it would not have. All right. So let's before we get into Reign of X and kind of predictions here, let's do a few more Ten of Swords things. Um, even with my critiques of the event and kind of the stuff we've outlined so far, I, I would still say this is for my money the second best X Men crossover in a decade. Like you have to run it back, and, and it's kind of it's kind of low hanging fruit to say that because it is like yeah, like 2013 to 2018 is like a wasteland, you know. Like there's there's nothing there that comes close for me. Um, you have to run it back, I think, to 2011, maybe 2010, when you start getting into Age of X, and more likely Second Coming as like a real contender, you know, where it's a conversation. Um, but it, even if you run it back to like the 2000s, okay, Messiah Complex is probably more beloved. I think is definitely tighter than Ten of Swords, mm-hmm. um, but it's one of the better X Men crossovers like of the 2000s which i think it's easy to lose that in the flavor of like did it hit everything i wanted it to did it do some weird stuff absolutely um but as far as like telling big events in a crossover style this is really well executed and again like it it speaks to how invested i am in this era of x-men um but it's like I don't know. On one hand, too, it's like, well, you don't even have to do a crossover. But let's face it. This is Marvel. They're going to do their crossover. They're going to do mm-hmm. their event. And they're going to make their money. Um, and, and like, this one works really well. You know? So, big picture, don't lose sight of the fact that, like, this isn't as good as House and Powers. It was never going to be. But if you run it back and compare it to X-Men history, like, this is one of the top crossovers, I think, um, in terms of what it delivers and how it sets up things for the future. You know, it, it does what an event is supposed to do. Big event. Big stuff happens and cool teases for the future. For me, that's what I want from an event. Yeah, you you should be able to feel a different world after a big event like mm-hmm. this, and I think we definitely will. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. All right. So what predictions are you guys proudest to have nailed going into this event or going through it? Was there anything that you were like, yeah, we got that or I got that. And uh, and I'm, I'm going to you got most of it. <laughs> Ernie, you got you got anything? Oh, you know, it was I think kind of as, a, as an offhand joke talking about uh wolverine uh jumping down the throat of uh pog or pog okay didn't get that one (laughs) but someone else did yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh and it was magic Mm -hmm. and uh it kind of like it 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 wasn't like a huge like big reveal i mean i guess teddy it was a kind of a reveal moment but uh yeah it it was was a little small one that there was more to pog or pog than what was than what met the eye uh initially um and then of course uh you know the 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 mora thing yeah i think all of us were pretty much on the same page on that one that you know mora was not going to uh play into this uh any at all yeah and uh, and Genesis, Genesis. That's another. That's the other one. Yeah. That annihilation and Genesis mm-hmm. were the same because we got that in our pregame party. Which in yeah, we nailed that one almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. Which it was, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I feel like everybody but me obvious. saw that coming. You know. Well, yeah. it took me a minute. It definitely. It, I remember reading it. It was not on my mind because I had all these different. <laughs> oh, it could be this woman or it could be this, and I, I'm still you know. Banging my uh, Storm's long great 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 grandmother drum. <laughs> Asake, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, you had me. Well, when, when, when Bay the Blood Moon yeah. took her helmet off, I was like, "Is that Asake?" I started busting out the calculator. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." <laughs> well, no, the, the funny thing about it was just the fact that like I had a lot of people in some of my videos that were like, when I was before they actually made the official reveal uh, that Genesis was Annihilation. Yeah. Um, there were people who were still like, "Nah, it's too obvious. It's too obvious. Right. It's going to be somebody right. else." It's going to be more, or it's going to be somebody That's else. What I, like, no, it's going to be Genesis. And I thought if like, everybody oh, was predicting it, it would it would probably be somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was kind of the one. Was like, no, nah, it was the low hanging fruit. Right, right. <laughs> and we nailed that one, um, but, but we got it. So we're still taking points. We're still taking credit. I, my favorite prediction as this thing went on was definitely getting early on Cyclops storming Otherworld uh, with the Storm facility and unleashing the Vescora. I did think the Brood would also be involved, you know, because we, yeah. we got to remember the X-Men don't have a Brood it. army. So I was like, oh, they're, I think- you know, but they saved that. And the the craziest thing about it was, I don't know if you guys read the, uh, the Tennis Swords handbook, but Brew was one of the featured characters in that. And that was that to yeah. me was like a giveaway. I was like, oh, they're going to do Bruce coming back. They're going to bring the brood. Yep. And they didn't do it. It was a total fake out. I think they were trying to throw us yeah. off. There was also uh, Megan, Megan, Brian Braddock's wife was a part of that, that she didn't in pop in. But I think it's more, uh, Dave, your prediction for where they might go with like another X-Men versus Avengers. I think he's, he's saving the brew slash brood oh, yeah. f- for the next, the big, what, what were you saying? Do you think it's like going to be a cosmic, like a yeah. yeah. So the gist of this theory is, you know, and, and there's a video I did called how Hickman's X-Men will conquer the galaxy. And it basically post empire, which was the very middle of the road event written by uh, Al Ewing and Dan Slott. Um, Persona non grata yeah. dance lot these days. Um, but the, the video was about, like, so post this, the Kree and the Skrull have teamed up. They have an alliance under uh, Teddy Altman, a.k.a. Hulkling, longtime Young Avenger, right? He's the king of space. And so now they've come together. And they've also now kind of formed an alliance with, like, the Fantastic Four and the Avengers after this event. So all the human 
heroes, not all, but, you know, the big names, right? They're kind of like have this cosmic alliance. So my theory is like, okay, the X-Men need to keep expanding the ranks. We see that in this event with Araka, which, you know, we should probably talk about a little bit. Like their numbers are going <laughs> to increase. They've got a brood army yes. in theory with brew leading them. They've And then my, my biggest thing is like they need to get the alien mutants of space or at a minimum alien allies, kind of like they have in the Shi'ar, right? I think we can consider the Shi'ar like a general ally. They have a base out there in space, which obviously is for purposes i think we're Mm going to see sort of the the marvel galaxy as we know it split into like the mutant alliances of the cosmic side and then the human alliances which again like and and Mm -hmm. eventually potentially this could lead to an avengers vs x-men 2 that i actually think would be interesting because the avengers vs x-men 2 Mm -hmm. thing is always there it's always like oh they're gonna fight again you know this and that and i'm like well that actually doesn't sound that exciting um if it's just on earth but if you expand it and it becomes this massive, massive thing for the whole galaxy, then I'm a little more invested, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I had noted before, but you can see Hickman building up the strength of the X-Men. The prediction that I'm most bummed out about that didn't come to fruition was, uh, and I thought it was going to be Monet St. Croix, if I'm saying her name right, replacing mm-hmm. Saturnine is the omniversal Majestrix, yeah. if I say it like Dave yeah. does, or Magistrix, if I say it like mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> and it... <laughs> They teased something like she wanted a Saturday's job, and I, I got pretty excited that I was actually going to nail a prediction. That would have been I, cool. I didn't. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um, yeah, but Saturday is is dominant in this uh, event. Yeah, there's oh some, yeah. So that was I'm glad you touched that on that Verno because there my next question was like. What are the things that you wanted to see or thought we might see that we didn't get? Um, so that was a prediction. I thought one big one for me was there was all this teasing in building out Otherworld uh, about the realm of Mercator. And it uh-huh. was like, okay, this is mm-hmm. highlighted. We don't know the regent. That's the literal last name of an Omega-level mutant, Mr. M. Like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then nothing, right? It didn't actually play into the end of it. So that's a Nothing seed for came later. That's a seed for later, I guess. But that one I would have liked to have seen a little. I think with Otherworld in general, I didn't, in the moment, in the, in the event, a lot of that was world building. You know, a lot of that was seeding, not for this ten of swords right for stuff right. that's gonna come and that's a little um mm-hmm. that's a little trickier balance because it's like we spent a lot of time on those data pages and yeah we lived in those realms but i feel like there's so much more story to come from Otherworld in a way that i, I hope excalibur leans into like if that's what the book is going to be yeah I'm way more into that run definitely yeah I think that they they definitely gave Teeny Howard a lot to play mm-hmm. with, because no one really messes with Otherworld except for like Excalibur. No, yeah, no. you don't really see. You're not going to see the Hell. I mean, other than yeah, Nintendo Swords, whatever. But you're not. That's not the point of the Hellions. That's not the point of um, you know X Force or X Factor. Though there will probably be some uh, some investigations. Um, uh, coming now, I think I think X Factor especially. Uh, suppose I think one of the teases is they're supposed to be looking into uh, some of that. But yeah, it just it, it's going to be it, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to kind of see where all this is like like the the fallout of Ten of Swords, all that stuff that was kind of built up. Where like where are those breadcrumbs, where are those sprinkles actually leading to? Yeah. Yep. It's kind of a it's a testament to to what you can do. You can make anything cool. Like Moira X, the fact that I almost ripped my hair out when I saw one panel of Moira McTaggart. <laughs> yeah. It's a testament. You can make anybody cool. Right. Yeah. And 
the the fact that I'm we're all like stoked about Otherworld that mm-hmm. I would have never ever cared about the Captain Britain corpse and now I'm fully jacked about it and I can't wait to see that I, I had predicted remember the. the the comic book that's now going to be called Sword, I thought that might be the forming of the new Captain Britain Corpse. Mm. But clearly that'll just fall under the uh, Excalibur title. Right. But I'm, I'm fully stoked about it. I, I think uh, I never cared before, but now I definitely do. Yeah. No, there's some nice outcomes that come out of this, right? Like we have the new Captain Britain Corps. It's Captain Betsy Corps, which I did. I did. So this mm-hmm. is something I overlooked. And I think it was a commenter maybe on one of the videos said, um, you know, this changes the Captain Britain Corps tremendously because, yes, they're all Betsy's and not Brian's. But you know what that means? They're mutants. <laughs> I did not count yeah. on me at all. And I'm like, yeah. oh, hell, that's a huge deal. Because now in, in terms of like, yeah, expanding those mutant numbers. We got a mutant mm-hmm. Captain Britain Corps, at least some that's of a great point. That's really interesting to me. It we got a mutant. Fits right in with your theory. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and a frog. Well, yeah. it, it's, it's scary to me, too, because, like, you think about it. What was, like, the big point of contention for Saturnine about uh, Betsy Braddon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're a mutant. You're not necessarily you know of this world or you're or you're not you're not invested the way like i would want you to be you know they kind of made this huge deal and it's like at the end how pissy does could saturnine possibly be that yeah you got your captain britain Corps back but they're all practically the person you hate yeah right yeah no, there's, and, and that's the thing is like betsy's still missing due to yeah, saturnine trying gone. to take her off the board right and by take her off the board mm-hmm. i mean kill her <laughs> Like, let's, yeah. let's not be <laughs> well, and she still wants the D. Yeah, she still wants the D. Yeah. This is the thing that I—that's actually the thing I found the most funny. It is funny about Ten of that's, Swords. That's, that's like, it. There's that's no, her there's one weakness more to it. I don't think, and I think that's <laughs> yeah. why they included Megan. In the in the handbook, just to be like, yeah, Brian's a wife too. guy. <laughs> Brian is yeah, dedicated he, to his he, wife. He's wiped up. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's wiped up. He ain't trying to be out here in these streets, <laughs> uh, but. You know, that's the thing. Like, Saturnine came off as this, like, powerful, unflappable, like, just, like, you, like, what can you do mm-hmm. to stop her? Like, Wolverine tried. He failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone else has tried and failed. And then you get to the end of it, and it's like, oh, she just wants some D. That's, like, dude, just, <laughs> and that, that's kind of like, like, with Wolverine, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Wolverine kind of has a point, man. Go ahead and take one for the team, bud. Because this would yeah. all be wrapped up. We can all go home. Yeah, I know. It was. <laughs> it Wolverine is sort of his nastiest and uh, and lewdest, but it was. It turns out, like, he was kind of right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that might have actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that Brian should have listened. Yeah. I'm not saying Brian should have listened, but what I am saying is that. Wolverine had a point. <laughs> I think he would have enjoyed it had he listened to, to be honest. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, she she was thirsty. That's all it was. She just she just wanted <laughs> she just wanted a tall drink of Brian Braddock. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. I hope was. that, that I hope that's one thing. I hope we get more Saturnine in a, mm-hmm. a guy it's gonna be hard not to say the Dawn of X, but in the in the yeah, reign of X. Mm-hmm. I hope she's not so I could see us just sitting on her and not seeing her for a while. But uh, I, I would love if she was a reoccurring character in Excalibur, at least. That'd be great. Yeah, Same. definitely. Same. definitely. Well, and, and, I'm sure she will be, actually. Well, it's like you can't, yeah, you can't build up 
um, a character as much as they did in this event and then and then move away from her, you know? So, yeah, definitely the more we keep her, the better. Unless it's Apocalypse. Unless it's Apocalypse, which which I'm curious how that's going to play in. But, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit. So I got some good questions here from people that I want to get to before we do a little Reign of X teasers and predictions. Um, if you're listening on the live stream and you have questions of your own, definitely get them in in the, in the chat here. Uh, if you get them in via Super Chat, first off, thank you. That's super generous, and I appreciate it. And we will definitely prioritize and, and make sure to answer any of those. Um, so, all right. So I had a question here from the comments. Marvel Kid AJ asks, if Jean did lose her seat at the Quiet Council, which I think we can expect that she will, and Apocalypse will as well, just by virtue of leaving, uh, who are the possible replacements? So the Quiet Council Ooh. had 12 seats. We have two members who are gone. I, I'm theorizing like more will be gone within the coming weeks because we know like Emma and Kate have it out for Sebastian Shaw he's he's making power plays for the council but at the same time he has no idea what's coming in the pages of Marauders um but anyway mm-hmm. let's let's talk just the two who do we like for council replacements for Gene and Apocalypse any names that come to mind I have to admit I kind of struggle with this one um it's yeah, actually, I mean you, you right gotta name. think about you got to think about the courts, yeah, or or the or the the, the seasons, yeah, because right? like you're looking at the, the yeah, yeah who the would seasons. fit on what? Yeah, because this yeah was it the summer? Mm-hmm. Is this the, mm-hmm. the the summer council? And I believe was it uh, uh, Xavier Magneto? I think theirs is the what the is it the autumn? I think so. Or is it the mm-hmm. so. yeah or something? It's like I think it's like I think I want to say it's like autumn or something like that. But you know, yeah, think about it, like the autumn council is kind of meant for like the elder statesman, right? It's kind of meant for like the elder statesman on the Island. So who fits that bill that isn't already, that isn't already there. Mm -hmm. And And it's probably a little evil too. And it's a former villain. Just a, yeah. Like I saw, I saw a lot of people in the chat talking about shadow King. I don't know if I, that's a little much. I don't think I, that seems, that seems too big a leap for for professor. Yeah. Even like, okay. If you said Mora, I'd said okay because you know Mora's kind of you know she's morally ambiguous these days. You'd have to reveal <laughs> her, right? You'd have to reveal. You'd have to reveal her, and it's like we don't know if that still plays or factors into like like another thing would be like well yeah and we 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 obviously know it won't be destiny because they don't want to have any precogs and she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, none Dave, of you would not happen. be allowed on the island. By the yeah. way, no, no precox yeah. on so, Krakow. Dave, <laughs> you, you are, you are, you are heretofore prohibited. <laughs> and, I, and I gotta be honest, I'm a little worried for my safety because things have not turned out great for Destiny <laughs> Blind. Should be, yeah. You are doing your hasn't it's been good. Be that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, and for like the summer council, I, I mean, it's a tough one. Like, because that one's got to be like a classic X Men. I mean, it, it's been Nightcrawler, yeah, it's gotta Gene. Like that's the vibe of it. Um, and it's like, okay, who is our remaining untainted or less tainted classic X Men? I I feel like for that one, uh, Colossus isn't potential pick. You know, because he, I would like to see Colossus. Yeah, because he's. It, it's also like we're feeling a lot of sympathy for that character in X Force because Beast has gone. You know this this path towards Dark Beast, where he's subjugating and imprisoning Colossus based purely on the fact that he's Russian. You know, at this point, mm-hmm. um, so I, I wonder if that could be a turn where like Colossus gets his say again. Um, it'd be interesting. Like I feel like a Banshee has the right yeah. mindset, the right pragmatic yeah. mindset, uh, mindset for the Council. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Banshee's not that big a deal. You know, uh, so it, yeah. it's, it's tricky. I don't. Yeah, 
Angel. What they, what they there's another OG one. Angel. Like not on the summer council, obviously, but what they put him on the autumn council. Colossus. I feel like yeah. the way he's acting, yeah, is very. <laughs> way fit in better acting. there right now. Well, <laughs> yeah. he would. He would for sure. And you got to factor in yeah. too. Um, so Shaw. Is the, Sebastian Shaw is the one who wants this, right? Because he, he's like, okay, if I create a power vacuum, that's an opportunity for me to claim more power. So the question I would have there is he's a schemer, right? Who who would he have in mind as an ally? Celine on the on the Winter Council, right? Somebody he's had Hellfire yeah, Club connections one. and who had that vibe. And she's got Celine, I, I think external a connections one. and length of life. I think that'd be a cool fit where she's like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of she's got a lot in common with Apocalypse, whether you you know thought about it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Celine would be Celine would actually be a pretty baller choice when you think yeah, about that, it. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. one. I don't know if I was talking over one of you guys when I said it, but Angel is just another OG X-Men. X Man that yeah. he he would fit on the council. Well, and speaking of Monet Saint Croix is another one that she's not as popular, but they've been featuring her. They, they've they've made me learn her name so. <laughs> <laughs> and how to pronounce uh, Saint Croix, which is you know I, I feel like a big one for Dang. a lot of us. Um, but we so we do see Angel. Uh, in his Archangel and Angel form, like a half split and Monet mm-hmm. um, in her split yeah, with Penance and, and, and yeah. Monet uh, on the, the Reign of X teaser. So that is one of our images. Uh, so yeah, like definitely they have a role to play in this event. I do I have one question before I want to get to the... Um, because I want to I see if you guys thought about this or heard this at all. Somebody, uh, Yanuarlita Luang asks, Iska the Unbeaten absorbed Warlock, right? I want to know what's your opinion about it. Did you guys notice this in the battle? There was some, I've seen theories now that Iska, she kind of turns yellow in that moment yeah. where it's like, mm-hmm. my God, that's Iska's music. And she's changing sides, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, she's turning yellow. I think it's just the lighting. I didn't interpret this as a warlock thing. I, Did you guys have any theories or thoughts on this? And I thought that was just simply the sign that, her powers were kicking in that were basically letting her know, oh, you need to uh, you need to switch sides. Because that's, that's basically how I read it. The way I read like, it was mm-hmm. yeah, she I didn't She turned coat. Right. She changed that her was coat. The thing they hinted at. Yes. Yeah, that, that was the thing they hinted at forever ago was that when uh, Arako was initially up against they meant that, you know, she changed sides because there was no way uh, a myth was going to lose. Yeah. And that's how her power works, that she can't lose, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the side she's working for uh, at the time can't. So she will switch sides because mm-hmm. that's just how her power works. And that's just how I took it. Like that when she flipped, that was kind of like a visual cue because, you know, famine <clears throat> and uh, I think it was famine and pestilence. They were both just kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's over. <laughs> no, no, Iska, like, Iska oh, is LeBron because every time LeBron's like, yeah. I, I can't win with this unit. Uh, okay, Lakers, you guys available? I'm going to go sign a contract. I got to get out. Right? And, then, and then they win, right? That, Iska's the LeBron of, of mutants. Um, all right. The, there was something else from that very scene that uh, I saw someone mention online that, that confused me. She's picking up Iska, is picking up this character from the ground, yeah, yeah. and he's got two tanks on his back. Someone said... Uh, online, they're saying, "Oh, it's Explodey Boy." What? From, uh, that didn't make any Empire sense. But I didn't know. Yeah. Who, do you guys know who that was? They had like two large tanks on their back. They were wearing yellow. They had blonde hair. It looked like a cipher <laughs> yeah, slash banshee yeah. type character. See if that, I... It, yeah, I see. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, uh, I don't know who that is. Because I thought it was banshee at first too, but I didn't see the little 
flappy flaps on his on his arms. So I was like, exact I, tweet that I, I thought Banshee was, was my first thought, uh, but I now looking at it, I'm actually not sure. Um, yeah, Explodey Boy makes zero Explodey sense. Explodey Boy doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's probably it's probably okay. somebody we should know. I I haven't spent enough time digging into it to to figure it out honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I think between the three of us, that comic. <laughs> I'm going to look at it after this if for was, sure. If it was someone that's at all obvious, I think we would know who that was. But I, it doesn't. It's no none of the mutants that were sent to Otherworld yeah. that I can think of. Yeah. Unless Cipher decided to put some tanks on his back. Well, it is. I mean, if you take if you're like, hey, it's a mutant. Uh, he's a white guy with long hair. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we have a lot. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I mean, it could be. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's let's dig into uh, a little Reign of X tease here for the final bit of this. I'm going to pull up the teaser. Uh, let's just start here. Ernie, I'll throw it to you. What are what okay. are your favorite? What are your favorite things? from this teaser that, oh. that you are just like, I can't believe this is here. I'm so excited. Okay, so I... Man. Okay, first and foremost, I gotta say Arcade. Yeah, okay, interesting. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, everything else I kind of saw coming. Like, every like I knew about you. I, I know some people probably expect me to say seeing Sync and, uh, and, and, and Wolverine, Laura Kinney. Yep. Like, they probably were expecting me to say that. I kind of expected because I've already seen the solicits, so right. that's not that big a deal. We know that's coming. Right. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, that's gonna be a thing. I sinks my guy, so yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, we we know he's gonna be there, but seeing arcade in the background, like it was just like, dude, let's go. Yeah, I'm ready for some murder world shit. Like I, I'm ready for like arc, like because yeah, you know, arcade's probably gonna do it. But arcade's probably gonna build murder world on. I guess essentially we can't. Can we call it Krakoa anymore? Can we, or is it just because yeah, yeah, they got it back. So technically, it's it's Okara now. So Good is he point. gonna build like? Is he gonna try and build Murder World Okara? He's, he's got it. <laughs> he's got it right. It's got to be because we saw in Avengers Arena. You know, he's got his murder mm-hmm. islands, right? That's like he's yep. arcade's always sort of progressing. It starts with a, a pinball machine. He's had a he decimated mutant town. He's had islands, right? Dude's dude takes over large plots. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's, really, it's interesting. He's there, too, because he's the only human non-mutant. I'm pretty sure um, mm-hmm. Nimrod's like the only other non-mutant, you know, because he's AI. Or yeah. Everybody else in this is. Uh, yeah. Everybody else that I see in here. I mean, we don't know who the shadowy figures behind Cyclops and Gene. I'm presuming that's the rebirth of the X-Men that Mm -hmm. has been hinted at. Um, But yeah, he's the only human being. Yep. And that's wild to me. Um, Because he's not, Arcade 2 is like, he's not a joke villain per se, but definitely he's less Mm -hmm. serious than a Nimrod, you know, or in terms of like threats to mutant kind, like Professor X Mm -hmm. is going around like handing out memos, like beware of this man, (laughs) you know, like we haven't had any villains like him in the Dawn of X for sure. Everyone, most people have been these big, either Russia, these large entities that are villains. Mm -hmm. One thing I wonder with Arcade is he is an assassin, like for hire, you know, by trade. I wonder if it could be a, a Zeno or one of these organizations mm-hmm. hiring Arcade to work for them because he's mm. not like anti mutant per se, but he will kill a no. bunch of mutants if he's getting paid, right? So like, right. you know, like he's not he's not friendly to them. So I wonder if he's going to be working for one of these new threats, Orcus, Zeno, whoever, right? Um, yeah. and, and maybe maybe that brings in some other assassins because the thing with Arcade on that promo is there's all those playing cards next to him, and that's kind of not his motif. 
You know, like he's got, yeah. he plays games, right? But playing cards, you know, mm-hmm. the, I think of Gambit and I think of like Bullseye. So I, I'm like, man, if they get like a cabal of Marvel Universe assassins or Cade, Bullseye, whoever else, like that would be some exciting stuff for me. That would be in cool. The of X-Force, maybe. I'd be into that. Verno, what do you got? What's your what's your pick for the, the promo tease that you're like? Well, oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a, lot, a lot of excitement on this teaser page, but uh, I got to go with Nimrod, man. Yeah. Nimrod. I mean, if we're going to get some more uh, Orcus slash Nimrod action, which it definitely looks like we're going to, that is is uber exciting. And then along with the the reforming of the X-Men, that's really what I'm most excited about. If, if, honestly, here's what, and I might just be projecting my own desires on the reign of X, but what I want them to do is Hickman's X-Men title to be a team book from from here on yeah. out or for at least the reign of x rather than what it's been where we've been getting these little looks on different areas of mutant life i want it to be about gene gray leading the x-men with a uh, with the captain commander let me ask you this this is a total side thing do you think uh cyclops is no longer a captain commander too they got to replace him does he lose that status? i don't know they didn't say specifically right yeah they, they, didn't, they didn't they didn't throw anything out there saying that yeah he was out you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. I feel like that's... It seemed to only be relegated to quiet council. Yeah, seats. yeah. Well, they I mean, they have to replace Gorgon, right? Or, or at least... Well, I guess maybe they don't have to, because they do talk about resurrecting yeah. Gorgon, um, despite Which the, I'm the fact really that excited come about. back weird. Because we, we have no yeah. idea what multiversal Gorgon looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm... If oh, they don't that's gonna be wild. put some focus on him and make him a big thing, I'll be really surprised. Yeah. I'm personally really excited about him and Rockslide. I hope they put them on some teams and, you know, they, they feature them coming up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they really did a good job, too. I think, like, if you if you weren't familiar with his uh, character in, in Ten of Swords, they did a really good job of making you go, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, so this guy's boss. Yes. <laughs> let, me, let me just say, I, I, I agree, but it's kind of weird that the one mutant that they killed is the one mutant, I think he's the only one, that we didn't see his sword quest. Yeah. I think he just, they, had, uh, he just had him. Right. If they had actually given him a sword quest, it would have been even more impactful when he died. Well, I think, yeah, well, I think the thing is, he already had... And I don't, I don't remember because it was Secret Avengers was the last Secret, time that Secret we kind of saw with Hickman yeah. or Secret I, Warriors. That was a big time. Like, yeah. hey, you've all read all the Hickman comics, right? <laughs> yeah, you, him, you don't know anything about him, you know? Yeah, because right, because the whole time I was like, wait, does he already have? I like, I was like, I'm pretty well, sure the, he has. The way it was, the way I remember it, they were like yeah. broken in a battle that he had in Secret Warriors, and the, the way it was set up is that he was just going to go have to retrieve these broken blades from the the site of the previous battle that he had been in and broke them, which I assume is what he did. But yeah. what I'm saying, you know, you know, if if you're going to kill him at the end, they should have get would have given him a sword. Quest. I would have liked a little more Gorgon yeah. spotlight. I agree with you on that. Um, to set yeah, up that, that no, I definitely would have. Yeah, that would have been cool. But, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they potentially replace him with if they do at all. I, I do think they will keep Cyclops in that role. It's kind of too good a fit for him. And the fact that they didn't <laughs> drop a clue about it, you know, makes me think maybe. We do have in the super chat here, somebody says wildcard candidate Romulus for the Quiet Council, I think. Uh, Romulus is from, um, like, 2000s Wolverine Star origin. Uh, yeah, Wolverine <laughs> comics. Um, I, the whole uh, – Romulus never hit for me. I gotta say, as a big nah. Wolverine bad, um, I I would be more pleasantly surprised by like a 
Wolverine legacy, Wolverine family kind of adventure, like Romulus, Wolvie, Wolvie 2, you know, Laura Kinney, Dakan. Um, mm-hmm. How do you guys say that? Deccan? Dakan? I'm, I don't know. I'm saying it wrong. Some people say Dakin. Some people, I don't I It's one of those things. I, I never I been say. fond of his, uh, his character. Yeah. So, Wolverine's well, son. Do we, I, I sometimes in. intentionally mispronounce yeah. it. Yeah. You got daughter <laughs> Wolverine, Rocky Badger. Anyway, get the, whole, get the whole crew. Give me that whole Wolverine crew together mm. for a story. I'd be into that. Do you think Arako is going to have a seat at the council? You think he will sit opposite of Krakoa now? Uh, I would. I think it'll look like it did in the X Men. Was X Men yeah. number twelve mm-hmm. and uh, fourteen? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah. No, I think they should for sure. Um, which you don't have Red Root as the communicator because uh, Red Root is still imprisoned by Mad Jim Jaspers, my guy, who is on this program. Oh, teaser, yeah. which that's, that's a good that's point. Now, up. do we think Cypher can communicate with Arako? I assume yes. I, I would guess yes, uh, but I, I might, might take unless there's something specific but, there. Yeah. Considering his uh, his uh, lack of being able to communicate with Bay kind of makes me wonder. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, good old. And Bay. we also we can't forget about Legion. Uh, no. Uh, yes. You know, chilling there in the background. That's probably like, the one that excited me the most because I, I feel like I've been talking mm-hmm. about Legion like every week, you know, on video. Like somehow I just always have a Legion theory because he, he just comes this, up. He's the only missing Omega level. You know, I, I guess Mr. M technically, mm-hmm. right? If, if we don't officially know oh, he's yeah. back. Um, but, you know, he's he's like Legion is the one, you know, and he's Professor X's son. Um, he was we've learned via Moira and Professor X that like Legion was basically bred by them like both their kids were bred to be omega level mutants which adds a whole nother wrinkle to like professor mm-hmm. x being the worst dad <laughs> it's like he was already the worst dad yeah. now he's worse <laughs> next to cyclops yeah right no there's there's some there's some yeah. contenders um but legion coming back and plus plus this teaser initially dropped or at least one of the drops was from cy spurrier comics creator who has not been involved in the X-Line to date. Cy Spurrier wrote the best Legion comics of all time in X-Men Legacy during the Marvel Now era. So that is an interesting yeah. connection as well. I don't, I've been talking about like, I don't know that it means he'll be coming back on Legion specifically. Um, I think that might be a little too like hitting the same note. Uh, but nonetheless, you have a, a creator who has proven themselves to be kind of a master at understanding a difficult character. Um, so so Legion's yeah. role will be very interesting here because I don't think he's going to very easily just fall into the fold of Krakoa and what they're doing. He's not that type of character. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So For sure. Who's this, uh, who's this dude with the red eyes behind Angel and Monet? That's the that's Tarn. Tarn the Uncaring. Uh, yeah, oh, they're okay. caring. I, so, Someone oh, had to point cool. that out to me on Twitter because I was like, oh, he didn't really leave much of an impression on me. So like, yeah. that's why I wasn't even thinking about well, it. Well, my, my I first think thought he's was like, set up to be a really good... Oh, sorry. No, please. I was just going to say, my first thought was that's probably Tarn. And then I was like, no, that's too weird. <laughs> like He's showing up in one issue. <laughs> it's got to be somebody else. But I but I think it is him. What were you going to say? I think they've kind, of, yeah. they've kind of set him up to be uh, maybe like Sinister's arch nemesis yeah. in a way. He's like the... Uh, bizarro sinister in a way or yeah they both had this interest in dna and I, I i dug him i thought he was pretty cool i think the coolest thing about bringing tarn back is it gives us uh some promise of a connection to amenth right so like because yes. there's this weird there's a weird cliffhanger there's a weird angle to it where apocalypse and the children of apocalypse and his wife genesis they all go into amenth 
And they're like, Apocalypse very vaguely is like, I'll see you again someday. But it's like, well, do we not have any? Like, the implication is there's no communication. There's going to be no access from this point. But if Tarn's showing up, that implies potential travel or communication or something. Unless it's just, because Sinister did get their DNA. Sinister did get their DNA. So unless it's going to be Sinister creating his Amanth clones for whatever the heck reason he wants to be doing that, then you got Tarn in the Logan file. That, that'll be interesting. I, I want to see more Amanth. I want to see more of these characters because that world is super cool. Definitely. Yeah. I would love to oh, see. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think we'll get like a, a series. I would love to see like a mini series about Apocalypse and the Horsemen and the Amanth. But one thing that I was kind of thinking about is uh, – I usually don't like one shots and things of that nature. They usually feel like cash grabs and whatnot. But I would like for in the reign of X, like give me some one shots here and there. Like uh, mm-hmm. just give me a, a one shot on what's going on with the horseman over there in Amanth, yeah. or or just seeing other. We've got so many characters on the island, and this is another thing that I traditionally don't like. But I noticed DC does like a lot of these. Uh, They'll have one issue with a bunch of short stories in it. And I don't yeah. like them normally, but I would like a Krakoa version of that. This event could have even had An anthology like kind of a one shot kind of sh- uh, kind of showing what the mutants had been fighting for over there in Otherworld. Something kind of flashing to Krakoa, flashing to Earth, showing. That's one thing that I thought the series lacked yeah. was that tie in to Krakoa, showing them what they were fighting for. Like, right. Yeah, I, w- I would have liked more from that world. I like that idea. I mean, I think that's kind of what Giant Size X-Men was, written by Hickman yeah, in the sense of just, like, going character by character. I think if you do that, I think almost just throw out the, like, yeah, these are all going to connect thing. Because Hickman had that yes. with those, mm-hmm. and then it kind of, like, kind of didn't need it almost. You know, um, mm-hmm. even though, like, the storm from, you know, issue one to issue five, like, there is a connection there, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, I would like I would like a Krakoan anthology book. I think I'd be into that, and I do think it would offer more of that kind of, like, slice-of-life stuff that isn't going to fit into Hickman's X-Men, you know? Because there's so much right right. now that, like, what are the kids of Krakoa doing? What are schools like? Um, What are all these (laughs) other characters that we just don't have space for doing, Right. you know? Um, There's a lot. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, what is is it like on Amenth? What's Apocalypse doing now with with Genesis and them? Because that was one – the thing that I didn't totally get was, like, why are they going back there? Like Genesis and the kids hate it there. They were trapped there for centuries. You know, it's like it's like the mm-hmm. dad being like, "Hey, guy, like family, like we got to move. You know, we got to move again." And they're like, "But all my friends are on Krakoa. Like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to go back. I don't, don't want to go there." Yeah. Uh, all right, we got a super chat. Let me. Let me. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you. you uh, yeah. <laughs> I just looked up and realized what time it was. Like, I was like, oh, I probably should have. Dude, thanks so much for joining. <laughs> uh, where where can people find you? You're hopping over to Blurred for a stream oh, there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to go stream over uh, on my channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash uh, Blur Without Fear. Uh, I'll just be talking about comic book stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Wait, wait, wait a that yeah, <laughs> wait, way to sell it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'll be talking about comic book stuff uh, and answering questions and uh, all that good gobbledygook. Awesome. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for joining, man. We will thank follow you, you over there, you. and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, y'all, take care. All right, see ya. Great seeing you. Good seeing y'all too. 
All right, Vernon, we can hang for just a few minutes if that's cool with you and just uh, sure. finish oh, yeah, I got a handful more questions. Sure. I, I do have a question here in the super chat I wanted to address. It says, didn't they have a thing where they were killing off scroll mutants already? Um, ooh, scroll mutants. So there's a there's a story arc that is written by Alan Davis in the 90s on the X-Men side um, that is uh, it's Cadre K is this unit of um, scroll mutants. I... Mm-hmm. They do. Someone does sort of come for them in like an. I, I did a whole research thing into this when I was doing my, you know, X Men Conquer the Galaxy thing. I don't think they killed them off. Mm-hmm. I think those scroll mutants still exist. Um, at least those that idea mm-hmm. of them. And then let's see. Also, they were on Earth. They were on Earth. They were like they were like Professor X's scroll X Men. Like that's kind of the narrative, okay. and they they show up in a Maximum Security that very early two thousands event written by Kurt Busiek, and then they showed up again, I think, in like the A plus X. So those Avengers vs X Men spinoff series, there's like a mini one where they're around, and I don't think they get. You would have to assume they don't have a, an X gene. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're exactly alien mutants. The they shouldn't yeah. have a standard X gene. It's kind of like a Brew or Warlock or, but it, I mean the idea sounds cool. Yeah. Xavier leading a crew of uh, of scrolls. I mean, it's. I'd like to see it brought back because it is that sort of thing. We're like, all right, we need to expand our ranks. We need to expand our numbers. Uh, what do we do? Mm-hmm. We very, and again, it's like that thing where you have like Earth mutants, but then you have like mutations of other alien races. I feel like that counts because the scroll mutants, the Cadre K, they do get. Um, what do you call it? They do get like ostracized. They get you know there's prejudice against them because of the fact mm-hmm. that they're different. Uh, and I, I think that is. That's kind of what the X Men have to lean into with getting these alien mutants in their ranks, you know. So I, I think mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see. And then the other question here from you've not so first off, thanks for your super chat, super generous dude. Uh, also, Rockslide, couldn't they download him from the Cerebro Sword? They never showed that getting scrabbled. This is an interesting question. I'm glad they brought this. Is up. a really interesting question, Verna. What do you think? How do you think the Cerebro Sword is going to fit back into this? Well, first of all, it was just surprising that it wasn't a part of this event. No kidding. And, uh, you know, m- more than a little disappointing. I think the Cerebro Sword is an awesome idea. And it's uh, Visually, it's just really cool. But, yeah, I mean, they've definitely teased that, that the information, e- even with, with Gorgon, I suppose, would be the same story there, that, I mean, we know that that's what Zeno right now is working on, is specifically that, how to harness the information inside of the Cerebro Sword. So you have to assume that that's going to happen. I I can see something where they bring back Gorgon, and they bring back Rock Slide, or they've already bought, brought back Rock Slide, right. and then they find out that they have the opportunity to bring back the OG versions of those characters because mm. they figured that out. That could be interesting. So you've got So you've got this, like, messed up like you know wonky version of the character and then they're like actually we could do this right what do we do about this sentient creature yeah. <laughs> that we've created yeah. this, you know, yeah. Like yeah. Frankenstein. i could definitely see them go in that direction that i'd be interested in that it. would be interesting uh i'm i'm all for it i because we have the cerebro sword still hanging out there that xeno has and they also have possession of our guy quentin choir you know or at least like his corpse yeah. right so they have this omega oh movie. yeah in their possession, we do see Quentin on the reign of XTs. There's going to be an interesting connection there because something I think something good is finally coming for Quentin. Uh, be, I must have missed that. Quentin's on there? Quentin's on there. He's like exploding with pink power 
and uh oh i'm assuming my God. i did not i did not see that little mohawk i've been wondering who that dude yeah, was for yeah. a while there's, there's quentin's that's pig mohawk. okay um i think okay. something good okay that's cool it's gonna come for quentin because it's, he's been getting killed it's like the recurring who killed kenny gag right for uh for our guy quentin choir yeah. he is an omega level mutant dude should have some uh some power here and some potency in the reign of x i mm-hmm. think that's going to come in the future all right i want to get to this next question here debo the black panther asks in the super chat scarlet witch to take the place of gene gray on the quiet council i know she's seen as unsavory but dot 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 so this is actually super fun to me because okay so scarlet witch is as marvel is telling us not a mutant since 2015 mm-hmm. right even though like i think like 75 percent of commentators on youtube are furious with that decision and reject it wholeheartedly mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's so many people who are just like i reject that truth i will not accept it which is fine yeah um, and now you, you have that in the wake of what just happened in fantastic four with dan slott saying franklin richards also not a mutant or at least that is where we are sort of in the middle of that story with a great deal of controversy. I talked about it in a yeah. video, right? And I'm, I'm not going to dig into that mm-hmm. one, but you have this sort of de-mutanting of various Avengers and Fantastic Four allies and this and that. Uh, I like the idea of making Scarlet Witch a mutant again. It does work at odds with what Hickman has set up, which is calling her the Great Pretender, right? Which is setting her up as mm-hmm. a the literal second biggest enemy of mutant kind because of her role in decimation. So I don't know how you get over that. I, I don't know. Like for sure. It's an interesting conversation. If you set all that up and then you're like, well, actually she was a mutant. But then, then to me, it's just a question of like, I, does that actually make it that much better? Cause then a mutant did it to us. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. she still did decimation. And I, that is set yeah. up as such a big looming continuity threat or, or, you know, evil thing that happened in the past. I don't know that you can ever get Scarlet Witch on Krakoa, even if you make her a mutant again. I know that upsets Scarlet Witch fans, you know, but it's, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I, I think it's strange what they've done with her character. And I, I, there's, there's, there's so much that I haven't read about her. She's a, I still don't even know why she's not Magneto's daughter. <laughs> when did that happen? That was right. She's not. That's the same, right? so that's the same that right? story. It's that 2015 uncanny Avengers. It's um, a five issue. It's like the last thing Rick Remender did for Marvel. And it's like, as everyone likes to point out, I mean, this was peak. We have to make the Inhumans big because we have the rights to them. We can't do X-Men stuff mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, also, Wanda's in the Avengers, like Marvel, MCU, like hands in the in the cookie jar stuff, right? So they were like, okay. right, we're going to demutant Scarlet Witch because guess what? We don't have the rights to mutants. Well, now they do. So it's like the reason you did that doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, the damage is kind of That's gone. funny. I didn't know that was why. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing about Wanda, and like I, this was like one of my earliest Crack and Crack videos, Wanda and Pietro's parentage and, and lineage has changed more than I think any other definitely Marvel character, maybe comic book character. More times than Xavier's been in and out of a wheelchair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, <laughs> truly, it has changed so, so many times. Um, it, you could so easily change it back, and it would not be really at odds. with M- Magneto mm-hmm. has been their father longer than most. Let's say it that way. Well, I've, I'm actually, I've, I've been re- rereading, like, all of X-Men, and I've just read, like, the first 20 issues of X-Men back in the day, uh, the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby stuff, and it, it just... It, it strikes me just how important of a role she plays. Yeah. Like she's in like four or five of the first ten or twelve issues, oh, yeah. and uh, she's a mutant. That yeah, yeah. No, that that would be cool. I would be personally, I would be down if she doesn't come back as a mutant. 
I, I know I'll be excited for her just to be involved in any way. I'd love to see her, yeah. if she isn't a mutant, just having conversations with mutants and kind of resolving that, either uh, becoming friend or enemy. Same, same. Well, and then we saw then that Empire X-Men tie-in, just having those Hickman-written framing devices with Wanda trying to make amends on Genosha with everything going horribly wrong, mm-hmm. creating mutant zombies. Like, just when she shows up, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is going to be a really big story because we've seen her teased as this, you know, as the boogeyman of, like, Krakoan children, you know? So I, d- I do think that alone makes her extremely interesting. Um, a possible reclamation arc would be really, really cool, honestly. I, I think I'd be... Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we had a question just come in in the super chat as well. This is from D DMTT, uh, and it says, they seem to be putting a lot of this on Storm in Space. What are your thoughts on where they may be taking the character? So I've got a lot of thoughts on this. So I, I, I don't know if I announced this yet or not, but like I am doing uh, Reign of X teaser videos. Okay, I've already started writing the first like nine characters. So there, I think there are like 17 characters on here. I've already got all my theories for the first nine, which means I got eight more to go. So I'm going to be putting those up on cracking. <laughs> Hopefully the first one will drop like tomorrow. Um, if I can get my act together, but, um, it, with this question with storm in space, yeah, this is, we saw a teaser at the end of uh ten of swords destruction that like she's setting her sights for the stars, you know, um, with this team mm-hmm. here has her holding this mysterious gem, of sorts mm-hmm. uh, I, my my favorite theory that I teased originally is like yes Storm is going to be going off in space I really hope that means we're going to be getting a Storm solo ongoing uh, that will explore so she's not a part of S.W.O.R.D. I think as far as we know like she's not a part of that already established like okay that's going to be the ultimate cosmic book but what you could do is you could have Storm traveling space a la like the Silver Surfer or like Thor and going to various alien civilizations and trying to get them allied with Krakoa, or to my mm-hmm. earlier theory, connecting them to alien mutants, right? That could be Storm's role. And I think what would be super cool about that is it tells a Storm story that's never been told. You know, I've not seen yeah. her do something like that. Uh, it gives her a very unique angle and an important one in terms of her role on Krakoa. And it gives us this side of, like, the Reign of X narrative, you know, that we haven't seen explored really we've seen minimal definitely stuff so far um verna what do you think when i first i i listened to your uh your video on that and i think you're, you're i'm sure you're onto something <laughs> you usually are and at first i didn't like the idea of it but then the more i thought about it it's like it's kind of like the mandalorian with uh with storm out there going from world to yeah, world yeah. solving problems I, I do like it you're right it is just something different that we haven't seen but we we do have sword obviously so that's that's going to you would think that that would take up the cosmic There's stuff some overlap what there. the hell else are they doing what what else would that have meant if storm setting her eyes towards a uh, towards the stars but i want to bring up the one thing that i'm bummed that isn't in this promo that has to do with uh with mutants in space is i am dying to catch up with sunspot and mm. cannonball yeah and death out there because clearly they set up something and uh, i'm hoping one day because i I don't know i wonder how how did you feel about it did you i loved the hickman's new mutant run with rod reese i would love to get even just just give me six issues uh of of rod reese and hickman covering that section and she are space with those characters right i i was into that i was into those comics um i I love Rod Reese's art, first off. So, like, him mm-hmm. returning to the title with Vita Ayala is super exciting. Really glad he's going to be on that book. It's going to look great. So, yeah. um, I, I think Hickman's 
he was having a lot of fun with it. And sometimes I was feeling it yeah. and sometimes I wasn't, you know, but I, I always sort of enjoy, mm-hmm. he has a ton of fun with Sunspot in particular. Um, and then obviously yeah. him being besties with Cannonball, like that goes way back. Like one of his first Marvel things is this weird mojo world mm-hmm. story with those two characters. Um, so I have no doubt there's a love in it. Oh, really? I've never read that. I'll definitely look it's into really that. It's really weird. Um, I think it's in, I think it's an Astonishing Tales mojo world is what I think it's called. And it's by Hickman, an artist, uh, I think is Nick Patera, Patara, who he did uh, Manhattan Projects with, um, which is, you know, cool. his, his first big uh, indies. Or not his first big, but one of the bigger image indies. Uh, but anyway, so I, I liked them. I really liked what it set up with the Shi'ar. Like, there was a there was a clear vibe there that, like, Hickman has a big Shi'ar Super Guardians book that he wants to be doing, you know, almost like Legions of Superhero mm-hmm. style uh, that hasn't happened yet. And I'm like, just do it. Just do it. Like, that thing would sell yeah. hotcakes. Um, so I would love to see that. Yeah, I would. I would like Buddy, to see that explore. I, I would find it weird for, for the Swords uh, title to be going at the same time as them doing that. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe they would. I just don't see them doing too many things out in space at the same time. But but Storm and Sword, I, I can see those two going simultaneously. That would be cool. I wonder if Sword, the the Al Ewing and Valerio Shidi book coming up, will be the book to weave in uh, Sunspot and Cannibal. You know, or oh, that'd be cool. Or they're going to get because there is one of the X Men solicits coming up uh, after the. Return of the Vault characters, Wolverine and Sink and, and Darwin, which I'm super excited for, uh, is something to do with the Shi'ar. The solicit gives us that at least. So that could be, that's probably going to mm-hmm. be some Cannonball and um, and Sunspot and Smasher stuff, I think, as well. So, yeah, it'll be really cool to see. Um, I'm, I'm excited for all of it, honestly. But, yeah, I think Storm in Space, the, the most interesting thing to me, like, that I don't know the answer to is that gem she's holding, you know? I'm like, what, ex- like, is that a a relic from um, the giant size storm thing where her and Doug and everybody in the world created that something, you know, that sentient something. <laughs> I don't know what exactly. Oh it is. yeah. Could that be, could that be connected? Or, I mean, when I see a shape like that, I mean, my mind goes to like the Amcron crystal in Shear technology, mm. which has obviously has huge, you know, Phoenix connections and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's what it's supposed to be, uh, but that was the first. I'm thing. a sucker for some Amcron crystal. Exactly, exactly. So, and like, and yeah. we know, we know from X Men editor Jordan D. White uh, that um, Storm's going to have a huge story in 2021, right? Like she, like that's coming. Okay, so the fact that she's front and center, and my favorite theory I've seen so far. Uh, I saw this on Twitter this morning. Somebody was like, okay, we know we know the X office loves wordplay. They made us call this thing Ten of Swords for months, despite the fact that I had commenters <laughs> yelling at me every time saying, it's an X, you lunatic. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> reign of X, obvious pun there, R-A-I-N, Reign, with Storm at the center. Okay? that's <laughs> There's no more to the theory than that, mm-hmm. but I do like the idea that they're calling it Reign of X because it's going to be super Storm-centric. That's great, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got another super chat here uh, from Azores Tiger. Thanks. Oh, Azores Tiger, my man. What's up, brother? Yeah, thanks for reaching out. Uh, When and what do you all think we're going to find out about Moira X? Also, Mystique and Destiny. Now, none of these characters, none of these characters are on the promo tease. Uh, I would say the Nimrod showing does have connections to Mystique because last we saw of both those characters really in focus was X-Men number six when we saw that Mystique was in disguise in the Orcus facility uh, and she 
kind of had the chance to sabotage them and maybe stop the Nimrod, but she's also getting played by Professor X and Magneto. They're not bringing back her wife. They're not bringing back Destiny. And she's kind of clearly holding those cards, right? Like Mystique, it seems like, you know, she could turn on them for betraying her and let the Nimrod come to fruition to her own ultimate detriment in many ways but you know mm-hmm. I, I can kind of see it right you've scorned her um yeah. so i think mystique and destiny we will see we will see mystique for sure sooner rather than later right first off she's on the quiet council so we see little glimpses here and there yeah i think a mystique and destiny story is very likely in this reign of x moira i hope so right i i you same i i think moira though like i'm kind of convinced we're not going to see her until the end game now what, what do you think about that uh i wouldn't be surprised but uh, I would obviously I would like to see her as far as the, the mystique and destiny thing. When do we get that? We got that next men six. That's always the way I'm looking at it. It's like, how long can you stretch these things yeah. out? It is hick, but he likes to do that. But I, I, w- I would personally I really hope that that would be part that we would get uh, a little bit more on mystique and destiny at some point in the in the, in the reign of X. But yeah, who who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Only only one or two. I, there is a comment here in the live chat that I think is very important for us, Verno. The guy Iska is holding when she turns is Pyro from Marauders. Uh, I think that is probably our answer. Got his flame jets on the back, kind of had that long blonde hair. Um, I think that was probably hmm. Pyro. But I, oh, I don't okay. know if he was dead or if he was just unconscious because, you know, are we going to need a Pyro resurrection in, in Marauders? Yeah. It would be kind of a funny beat given how that character has been played for comedy in Marauders if he like yeah. died in this massive battle but like just no one noticed <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be great be pretty good. they resurrect him like a, a year later yeah so what the hell yeah, I don't I, yeah. I don't have to look at the image again. I didn't see like his, you know, his goofy Marauders tattoo, which would have been a giveaway. Yeah, but maybe. His- well, he was head like his head down. I don't think you could see his face from yeah, that angle. angle. But yeah, that, that that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. It, I guess that's something that I hadn't even really taken into consideration. Is we don't know who all died when Jean Grey and them came no. storming other world like it's honestly i'd never even thought about that hopefully and this is the, the way i look at it i want them all to die in other world i, I want <laughs> i want a lot of other world deaths because i'm super interested in the idea of of getting new uh characters new versions of characters that we're somewhat familiar with and there's plenty of uh there's plenty of mutants to go around that nobody should be or not nobody but that uh that i'm not attached to that Kill away, bring back new versions of it. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing with the Otherworld Resurrection is, like, I just, there's so much we don't know or understand about it at this point. You know, like, Rockslide came back, and we we just don't know what Rockslide's going to be like, you know? like, And if it's just going to mean, like, he's, like, just, like, this fractured mind that can't really function, that's less interesting to me. Like, it's a lot cooler to me if it's, like... Hey, I'm Gorgon, but I'm the Gorgon of Earth 720 and Earth 10. This and that, but it yeah. just means new characteristics come into the fold. That's cool, you know. That's 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 the way I'm kind of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be like functional characters, and that, that's one thing that's uh, to me it's kind of a miss that they didn't get Rockslide involved in this event. You had right. you had a lot of issues to do it. There was like 19, 20 issues after his failed resurrection or his corrupted resurrection uh they should they should have tied him in they should have done a little something something with rock slide i'm definitely really interested in in, in him now yeah and i w- i assume he'll be part of x factor I ho- if i had to guess i really hope so i, I hope he's a, a clear 
presence in X Factor moving forward. Because yeah, again, otherwise it's like, okay, that character doesn't get a lot of time on screen. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's pretty important we know what happened with him. And again, too, in setting up what's going to happen with Gorgon, like that's we kind of need to know how this thing goes um, for these different resurrections. So all right, let's. I think we're getting close to the end here. Um, if you do have any final questions, definitely hit us up in the super chat, uh, which again, thanks so much everybody who has joined and has, uh, has asked things is greatly, greatly appreciated seeing all of you here on the stream. Seriously, does my heart good to see people, uh, enjoying cracking Krakoa and joining on live streams. Um, it's so cool. It, it makes me so happy and it's very, very fun. So thank you all for, for hopping on here. All right. We have a question from Kemet comics, which ties into this reign of X promo, the vault predictions we know i think i don't know if it's the next issue of x-men but one of the next couple is the return of the characters that went into the vault back in x-men number five uh the solicit says they've been in for a long time a very long time obviously time progresses very differently we know they're going to have been in there for at a minimum thousands of years uh we got laura kinney mm-hmm. we got sync on the teaser i don't think we see darwin you know but he's the other one who did go in there verna what do you think we're going to get from the characters coming back from the vault. Well, it's, it's funny because it's it's kind of similar to uh, to the other world resurrection. Because mm-hmm. who knows how much they've evolved? Are they going to have new powers? Are they going to have new personalities? Are they going to not? Are they not going to be happy with the people that sent them into the vault in the first place? Will they even be on uh, the side of Krakoa anymore? Uh, it's yeah, it's definitely one of the things that I'm most excited about when I look at the Reign of X. Uh, I think it's one of the, the storylines that people have been most heavily anticipating. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Because, so when the vault appears, so we have the children of the vault, and they're these, they're very similar to mutant kind in the sense that they're like these rapidly evolved, you know, post human um, creations, but they're not a, a result of evolution, the result of like this technical technological advancement, right? This, this time warp essentially in this in this place called the vault. And so they Professor X calls them the X-Men's greatest threat, actually. Which I in the moment, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. it's just like language being thrown around carelessly. But calling them that as opposed to Nimrod is like whereas Nimrod is the thing that literally ends or signals the end of all of Mara's lifelines to date, seems like uh, stretched me you know like nimrod seems like you can remember they they specified that the the vault could lead to an organic nimrod uh, so it's pretty much the this the same threat okay you know what i mean Taking the same way they're on equal footing that's okay that's mm-hmm. a good that's a good catch that's interesting which would be which would be dope it would be crazy if that nimrod that we're seeing in the reign of x reign of 10 your choice uh <laughs> If if in that promo art, that's actually not Nimrod that we're familiar with. It's some kind of organic Nimrod, which I definitely don't think it is. But that's it's, a cool it's theory. A that's a cool theory because I I think mm-hmm. that so like there's zero chance that Wolverine, Sink, and Darwin come back and they're like everything's good. <laughs> we we stop the vault um, or like you know we negotiated peace or like you know something something positive. There's zero chance that they come back. Yeah, just don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah. Everything's like, straight. We took care of it. Forget about it. And this issue is all about us uh, <laughs> enjoying our return to Krakoa. There's a much better chance yeah. that they escape. They narrowly escape. And that Darwin's still trapped in there, you know, and that they have this harrowing mm-hmm. tale of like it's worse than we thought. The vault's an even bigger threat, and we kind of go that road. I think is is fairly likely. Mm-hmm. The other possibility, which I'm maybe less in, initially, I would have said like I feel like there's a really good chance that Laura and Sink and Darwin go in there and they come out and they come out as like kind of agents of the vault, like they come out kind of like somehow like warped on their side or like they kind of see their perspective or they've lived there longer than they've lived on Earth and they're actually like 
a part of that. Mm, now. That's a good point. You know, yeah, right. It's like this is kind of my world. Um, and they could come in as almost sleeper agents, et cetera, et cetera. Except we've seen yeah. now like Summoner got used as a sleeper agent, you know. Um, and and we also saw um, uh, in X Factor Omega Red or in X Force, excuse me. Yeah, Omega Red's already a sleeper agent, and in X Force we have a secret. Somebody on on uh, Krakoa killed one of those um, Xena yeah. members who assassinated Professor X, right? Almost a, not a, not a day goes by that I don't think about the interview that you did with Joshua Casera, where he said it. He says it's obvious, right? He says He's, I he thought says it was kind of obvious and that we should all be able to figure it out, which is hilarious because it could be anyone. Yeah, <laughs> it could be virtually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I I think they're I. I like that idea, but I think them coming back as sleeper agents is too is too similar to what has happened recently in a lot of these comics, and also kind of too predictable. Um, so I think the more likely mm-hmm. thing is like they're going to come back and be like the vault's even worse than we thought, and maybe they have to. I don't know, like it, like we have to send in a new team, except that doesn't totally work. It, I'm super curious what this angle is going to be. I got to say, like this is one of his yeah. threads well, that I'm definitely the most curious about. I would like to see, in theory. The vault, like the vault getting explored. I guess maybe what would be cool yeah. if this issue is the story of their time in the vault. That seems like a very hickney yeah. idea where he's like, we're going to frame this between we know they're out, but now we're going to tell you the story like we did with the history of Araka, except f- hopefully we don't do it the same thing for three issues. Which yeah. Is a little much. Yeah. <laughs> which I did. I did like that. It was weird, but uh, no, exactly. I think that would be, as you said, a very Hickman way to do it. We're just one issue kind of filling us in on that whole time. I think another cool way to do it would, and uh, to see another team go in there to retrieve those heroes. Yes. You know what I mean? If, if they sent another, send some A-listers in to, to help get, the trio out. The challenge there but is I, you have to send in somebody who won't age up dramatically. You know? Mm-hmm. Because they're if they go in, it's like if you step in for five minutes, that's five hundred years or whatever the translation is, right? So it's like you could send Logan Wolverine, you know, it's got and that's why they send this crew initially is like you gotta send you could send in maybe like Warlock. I don't know. Like somebody who's not impacted the There's same Gabby. Way. Gabby, who's a mutant I'm not very familiar with, yeah. but that's another Money one. Major, right. There's options probably. Um which which would be mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, I'm excited for the vault to come back. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, so b- upper right, Shadow King smile. Mm-hmm. That one definitely is, big is one. always going to get my attention. Um, I I still love the idea that so we saw the Shadow King show up, or we saw Amal Farouk, the the mutant that he has hosted himself in the most right throughout X Men. They're yeah. not technically the same. A lot of people like to point out they're not technically the same thing, but they're yeah. connected right more often than not we saw him in empire x-men uh number two for one page and then never again yeah i still love the idea that over the course of the reign of x the shadow king's just going to pop up every every five to seven issues there's going to be like a, a panel where he's there and nobody and then it's going to build to like he's been hiding here in secret the whole time and it'll actually be a story but i, I love the idea that it's just yeah. gonna like drive drive readers crazy with this secret presence like, what the hell yeah there he is again exactly that yeah, that was one of the stranger things about that X, the Empire miniseries was how much the internet lost their mind yeah. when they saw the Shadow King, and then he just wasn't mentioned, yeah. didn't pop back up, no more of that. It, it's it's funny. This is a bit of a sidetrack, but I keep thinking about this when you look at the the Empire miniseries issues. I, I don't know if there was just one issue or two that were done by Percy 
and Jerry Duggan. And just the similar, this, it's such a, a similar tone that you got in that issue to the issues that they did together in Ten oh, of Swords. Yeah. And I just imagine the two of them on a Skype chat together, just giggling like little boys yeah. <laughs> and making these comics. But uh, the Empire stuff landed for me big time. I thought they were hilarious. And it's kind of funny because when I look at the issue that they did or the two issues, I liked those issues, like the 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 wacky, all that. Yeah. But they just didn't fit in. Right. All of those issues that people didn't like, I think most people actually liked the issues for what they were. They were just felt like they were fooled a little bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no, I think you're right. It's also interesting to me that nobody blames Percy and Hick or uh, mm. Duggan. Mm. Nobody's been like, yeah, they, they ruined this event. They just like fucking Hickman. Yeah. No, it is <laughs> interesting. Hickman there's so all many the blame for everything. Yeah. It's funny. It, like he's, he gets all the credit and he will also take a lot of the blame, even for issues that he is not right. So, um, which I, th- yeah, well, I, I'm always interested in what did he set up? Like even even with Excalibur, we were talking about that earlier. How much was he was Teeny Howard told, or did they come up with together? Maybe yeah. I'm always interested in that. Right. Did Hickman say, okay, in the middle of this event, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to totally change the tone. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to make these. Ev- I would have to assume that Percy and Duggett didn't just sit there and be like, dude, I got this idea. Let let's shock everybody. I would think that that was Hickman approved. I I think he. I think all these things. The implication I get is that they have his blessing. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily like there's creative freedom for these writers to have their own ideas and essentially tell their own stories. But like, I do think like he's it's not like he's unaware, you know, it's not like the story goes out. Yeah. And he didn't know. So it's like, yeah, he didn't write those issues. But I think like he you know, there's a blessing. There's like a yeah, that's a good idea. Run with it or whatever. Um, and it is this unique yeah. thing in comics where like he's the head of X. That is a position that does not really exist, you know, in the yeah. history of comics, you know, like even in the Claremont era. Of, yeah. of of X-Men when he was the biggest thing in comics and X-Men became the biggest thing in comics, like there was a definitive hierarchy of like he's the writer and he writes most of the books, but there's editors above him and there's an editor in chief above that. There's no like mm-hmm. then over like even on I don't know, even on once you get all the writers like Louis Simonson and Anna Senti and, and these different individuals who wrote X-Men books. Claremont, like, they worked with him because they worked with him as an editor and because they were crossing over. He wasn't, quote unquote, their head of X. You know what I mean? So, like, it's this yeah. unique thing where, yeah, Hickman get a lot of people are like, oh, Ten of Swords is like the first time Hickman dropped the ball. And But then if you pointed it out, you'd be like, well, what issues didn't you like? And they're like, Excalibur. It's like, well, he didn't write those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, like he mm-hmm. at, at most, gave feedback to Teeny Howard, I think is probably the most. If likely. you look... Wh- I can't think of the name of the website, but it's it's not previewsworld.com, but it, it's one like that where I see issues coming up. I think it's League of Geeks, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you, if you were looking at the solicits for these coming up, where they give the, the credit in there, they would always say writer, whatever, writer, teeny, Howard, artist, this, story, Jonathan Hickman. Mm. For every issue of Ten of Swords, it would say the story was by Jonathan Hickman, which I thought was interested in possibly telling. Like, even going back, like, I wonder, like, who came up with the idea? Not that it matters. It's just I'm interested yeah, yeah. in it. Who 
who who said that Kate couldn't go through the gate? Is that Duggan's idea? Is that Hickman's idea? I think idea? that's Duggan. I think I that's think Duggan. And that's where you, yeah, that is that interesting, like. Yeah, I think it's Hickman. Oh, see? Okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm just guessing. I have, I have no idea. But I, I I just, like, that's what I'm telling myself in my head. It, Hickman's like, okay, I've got this idea for Marauders. You guys are going to get the mutants out, get the drugs in. Kate can't th- go through the gate. We're going to kill her in issue six. Go ahead, Jerry Duggan. Yeah. And who knows? I'm just, I'm just talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I suspect that there's like Hickman has the things he wants to do, and he sets up the framework and is like, all right, we're going from point A to point B. But then I think within that, I think there's freedom for these creators to get to tell the stories they want to tell within that. For sure. You know? So then the, the various details and the characters they can play with, and that's gonna, and you gotta give credit too to like there are editors, you know, Jordan D. White. Um, I forget the associate's yeah. name off the top of my head, but like they're doing a good job keeping this thing yeah, as no, a tight running ship, you know. And again, like it's no small thing to to do a twenty two part crossover and have it be. I, I even if you didn't like it. I don't think there are like weird continuity slip ups or things where it's like For the sure. story doesn't make I sense. I thought that was, you know, it was one of the most impressive parts of the whole thing, and especially early on, because I mean, just like you, but we've been reading a lot of events this year, and between Empire and Death Metal and all that, I think this one had the best continuity, and it was the most cohesive story maybe of of all of yeah. them, or. Of those two examples, for sure. I think so. Because there's a very cohesive apocalypse story in the, at the center of this event, <laughs> you know, and, and that flows and I think works for this character. I enjoyed it, certainly. Um, I, I think, Definitely. like, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it's got to be my favorite event of 2020, I think, um, among the big two publishers, oh, which I hadn't I, thought about. I like it more in Empire, for sure. I think I've liked Death Metal more than you, but... I, Death Metal this, just rubs me all the wrong This way, is an yeah. easier story to be like... It, it's a cleaner story. It, you might not like the tone, but it's definitely a very clean, uh, straightforward story. Yeah. It's, it's never, it was never confusing, and now that might be partially because of how closely we're following this and all that, making you know episodes on it. But it was, it was never confusing. You could tell what the hell was going on, and you knew, uh, you knew everybody's motivations for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, all right. This has been great. Um, I think we are actually going to wrap up this time if you have any last second questions here in the chat or the super chat um fire them off now and i will tackle what i can but again like so there's there's more to this reign of x teaser definitely that we did not fully dig into uh verno i'm sure we'll see covered from you on the cerebros podcast i'm definitely gonna be doing crack and krakoa videos i think i'm gonna have to split it into multiples because there's a lot um you know like i said like there's 17 individual things to get into here and uh there's like a lot to potentially dig into about where this is going so i'm super pumped for um for the reign of x like i love that we got a fairly good event at least it definitely ended satisfactory at least to me and it's going to kick mm-hmm. into a a new era of of these x-men comics and like good like that's what this should be like things i think if we lingered in the dawn too long if we lingered in this moment of like Kirkoa exists and we're figuring it out that would have gotten tired it would have felt like we're spinning and, and yeah. especially too then you know the longer we're not like tackling um what do you call it um like you know the big revelations like moira and like the longer we're not moving and progressing but also not answering these big questions people are waiting on the crazier it's going to get you know um yeah. i think if, if you can do that and start being like okay we're answering all these we're answering questions about the vault we're answering questions about um whatever other mysteries are lingering we're just not talking specifically about moira and this huge thing mm-hmm. then you can kind of be like okay clearly that's going to be where this ends uh as opposed to yeah. the thing that is threaded throughout which i can i can, I can come around to I can see it. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I, I think they definitely nailed it with just, as I said earlier, just giving us a new name. It's, it's amazing what just like, oh, no, this is the Reign of X. This is something new. Yeah. Like the way that it, the, the advertising, the, uh, the marketing scheme, the how effective it is for me personally is uh, I appreciate well, it. And I'm down for the Reign of Same. X. Same. And, and like just in general, every everything should have a teaser image like this. Like every comic moment mm-hmm. should have a teaser image like this where you can just be like, oh, what's that? Like these are the most, these are some of the most fun things in comics. I remember with DC with like 52 and um, where they had the chalkboard with all the different like booster gold, all these different clues. I love that stuff. It's so good. You can do theories about mm-hmm. it for days. Very, very fun. So, all right, Verno, this has been a pleasure. Where can people find you? Uh, at the Cerebros cast at... Uh what am I saying? The show is the Cerebro. I was about to say my email. Uh, the show is the Cerebro's X-Men comics and weekly reviews. We're everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at T-Cerebros. All right. Perfect. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Dave. You can find my YouTube stuff at Comic Book Herald um, and Crack and Krakoa videos in particular. Again, I will be up with the Reign of X video here soon, hopefully on uh, tomorrow, which will be Sunday. And uh, otherwise, you know, I'll be releasing this stuff as podcast. You can find all my work at Comic Book Herald on social and comicbookherald.com online. Please consider liking and subscribing if you watch this stream and you enjoyed it. But thanks, everybody, for listening, for joining. Thanks to those of you who supported in the Super Chat. Extremely generous. Um, let me know your thoughts, too. Like, if you enjoyed the stream, let us know in the comments uh, and we'll try to do more of these you know when we can we did two we did a pregame and a postgame for tennis swords uh, I had fun doing them uh, with with Ernie and, and yeah so if you guys are digging them let us know because then I'll try to you know try and do more of these when we can so I, I think I've even got the technology mostly figured out <laughs> which is exciting <laughs> yeah. so all right thanks everybody for listening and as always uh, enjoy the comics don't your your theme song started playing in my head when you said that (laughs) (laughs) do you still have that is that the one do you change